Welcome to Seven Skills for the Future podcast. My name is Emma Sue Prince, and this podcast is based on the internationally selling book by the same name. This book focuses on seven important skills. They are adaptability, critical thinking, empathy, integrity, being proactive, being optimistic, and being resilient. And this podcast is all about how you can bring these skills into your everyday life so that you are living a life full of happiness, full of purpose, great relationships, doing work that you love, and just really getting the most out of life. Welcome back to Seven Skills for the Future podcast. My name is Emma Sue Prince and I'm joined by my producer, James. Hi, Emma Sue, and hello, everyone. So today's topic I'm very excited about and I think a lot of people are going to really uh, uh, identify with this one. So we're going to talk about uh, working from home, about being productive and being balanced. So obviously working from home is something that, uh, especially at the moment, a lot of us are thinking about, right, Emma Sue? Yeah, I think the first thing to say is that working from home was on the cards long before COVID. Um, You know, we've just sort of been catapulted into it now. Um, So I think, you know, for a lot of companies, so people who've been employed in companies, you know, in actual offices, they were already offering work from home days and, you know, flexible working. Um, So I think it's something which is just been a kind of very slow burn trend but that's now quite you know really with us because you know we've been forced into it um and i think you know i kind of want to distinguish also between someone who works from home anyway you know who who that's their normal place of work and someone Mm. who has traditionally been in an office and is now working from home because i think it's um I think the two things are quite different. Yeah, um, and in fact, in fact, that's what I have in here because I I always work from home and have done for a few years, and my wife doesn't work from home and has been forced yeah. to do that this year. So that's we're 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 living through that uh, right now. Yes, yes, because I think it's you know it's one thing to sort of long for that balance, you know, mm. um, but then to be you know to have no choice and that's your default way of working when you've been used to going into a workplace. I think is, you know, it's quite quite a big thing. Um, so I want to talk about some sort of statistics um, first. Uh, just mm-hmm. just talk about some of the um, the numbers here because, um, you know, certainly in the UK, you know, we we had like many other countries, you know, big surge in home working. But it was mainly by people who could actually work at home. So, you know, these tended to be more skilled people, um, often those living in London, the southeast. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, there are many jobs where it's actually not possible to work from home at all. So I think that's another thing, you know, it's easy to be thinking, well, everyone's working from home yeah. now, but actually there are lots of jobs where nobody can work from home. Um, and there's lots of data to suggest that those who are working from home now are actually finding they are more productive, you know, they have better life balance. Um, and a recent study, I mean, there's been scores of studies done uh, recently about, you know, the, the impact of working from home. And, and one study, and there are many, showed that 88% um, who worked at home during the lockdown want to try and continue it in some capacity in the future. So they don't want to do it every day, mm. but they'd like to find a way of continuing it. Um, but, you know, there's also also things uh, data now that's coming out which is around some of the um, more negative impacts of working from home so you know if you're used to 
um, traveling around to go to meetings. We're used to interacting with people a lot. You know, everything's now done online, done on Zoom. Often one immediately after the other, I come across that a lot with some of the people that I've been coaching. They just kind of go from meeting to meeting, which you wouldn't normally do. Um, So there's a lot, there's a lot happening. And, um, you know, the data suggests that people would like to continue working from home in some shape or form, but I think there are also some uh, negative aspects to it as well. Yeah, I, I think, well, something I found uh, this year was the after, you know, working from home, but particularly in this environment of uh, being at home all the time, uh, was I found that after a few months, you know, it really started to become a bit of a grind. And then, you know, last month I really started to feel like it was going on and on, you know, it's just like the same four mm. walls, you know, that kind of feeling. Um, you know, it, it, there is this issue, right, with with working from home that it can become a bit of a drag, you know. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think, you know, working from home can feel very different months and months and months into it. Um, so in any case, we're all experiencing kind of up and down emotions because there's lots of change going on around us all the time. And I think we go through a similar kind of roller coaster emotion about working from home actually i think we we you know despite all the positive statistics about productivity you know there are some real emerging issues for people who've been doing this now for months and months and months and those are things connected with loneliness you know not being able to catch up with colleagues naturally um feeling a bit disconnected if you're trying to build new contacts quite hard to do that Mm. Uh, you know it's quite hard to get hold of people sometimes (laughs) which we were talking about just before we started recording this um you know or if you want to learn new skills you know that can be quite difficult if you're working from home all the time so um i think and even things like um just feeling not in control because you know you're 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 kind of having to work from home it's not like oh I've chosen to do one or two days a week I'm actually doing this now as how I work um and I think also you know some of the people I speak to as well find that they experience a kind of loss of status as well so they have a particular you know senior role and Mm. they're not visible you know they're not visible in the physical space um that's quite hard over the long term um and actually I found because I've been coaching people basically since the start of lockdown um and 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 you know a lot of it has been about working from home um I've actually found there are four distinct phases to it um okay uh yeah (laughs) yeah so could you describe what those phases are yeah so so I think you know the first one I think is shock so I think the first one is you know not quite knowing what to do because remote working was kind of implemented backwards so so, you know normally you would you would you would scope and plan the work and then equip staff with what they need and you know maybe have training sessions before actually putting that into practice and in response to the lockdown it just came first so I think that initially it's a sort of shock at you know what do I do now I'm suddenly working from home and then the second stage is what I call the woohoo phase which is kind of all about the sort of novelty and excitement of not actually having to get up early and commute yeah. um, and you know enjoyment of being at home so you know for somebody, for somebody who has only ever been going in and out of an office they they discover a kind of joy of like gosh you know I, I'm at home I, I'm with my family so it's a bit like a 
honeymoon period but you know like a honeymoon doesn't last very long um so you know and I always remember uh one of the first people um I did coaching with online because pre a couple of weeks before that I'd seen this person you know physically you know dressed in a lovely suit and you know and um we then had our, our coaching session online and I, and I actually could barely recognize him because he was sort of in, in perhaps what I can only describe as leisure wear and, you know, uh, that sounds looking, very looking polite way of putting of, it. Yeah. Well, it was just so funny because he was like, Oh yeah, you know, I, you know, I get up at eight 30 and I'm not rushing around and it's brilliant. And, you know, it was, it was yeah. really quite funny. So it's a woohoo sort of phase. Um, and then I think the third phase is, is a bit of a roller coaster. So I think this sets in, you know, so, so, you know, phase one and two are quite early on. And then you've got like maybe after a month or so, um, you know, good days, bad days, you know, people, people, a lot of people are having to do homeschooling and, you know, perhaps a spouse and partner there who's also working from home. And, you know, so kind of up and down um, feelings about it. Um, and I think this roller coaster phase can actually continue indefinitely because I've come across people who who um because they've assumed that this is short term they haven't actually made their working space very kind of user friendly so they're still working at a yeah. kitchen table or in a little room or you know something like that yeah. um and then I think the, the the fourth phase is is about finding flow and just really getting a good sense of, of rhythm and flow so that there are you know those first two are short then you've got three and four um and maybe three goes on the longest um and I think also there are, as I just said just now, you know, there are some real emerging challenges coming out of all this. So, you know, people are really craving company and, and what they're really, you know, what they're really wanting is that spontaneous interaction with other people that you get when you're in yeah. a workplace. Um, yeah. And, you know, and people, you know, people who are just starting out in their careers, they're like, well, I need to, you know, have, I, I need a mentor. I, you know, I need to be learning skills. How do I do all that if I'm not actually in the office? So, mm. you know, and again, also, I think someone, you know, there's a there's a big difference between, you know, someone who maybe has a very chic garden office, um, you know, and someone working in a really, really small space. Yeah. Um, and an interesting thing I've come across recently as well, and I've also seen it in myself, um, is that people tend to, people now are kind of working even longer hours now that they're at home. Um, they can't, yes. you know, find it really difficult to switch off or take breaks. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that you don't have that clear demarcation between work and uh and non-work if you like you know and so when you go to an office exactly. you, you leave the office and then that's a clear sign that you're not working anymore whereas when yes. you're working at your kitchen table where well, your kitchen table is always there so you can always mm -hmm. sit down at it and reply to some emails and and work on and keep working so yeah. i think that 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 lack of separation makes that it, it, you have to be very disciplined in terms of mm. stepping away from from work yeah yeah that's absolutely right Let's let's talk a bit more about the space that we work in, because I think that's actually really mm. important. So, James, how would you describe your working space right now? Could you describe that for us? I, happily. Uh, so I'm I mean, I'm lucky enough to have my own home office. So I it, it's something I've given quite a thought, lot of thought to how I set it up, because I, you know, I can have this room the way I want it to be for working in and so uh of course uh, I, I spend a lot of time on zoom so I have my nice zoom background 
uh, just to make it look pretty behind me. And I make sure that uh, the, I have good lighting and, uh, and a good camera and uh, good, good audio and all these things because these are important for, for my work. And um, it's also uh, a space where um, I also I have a lot of pictures on the walls of uh, things uh, related to my interests and hobbies. And so it's visually, uh, mm. I like being in this room. Um, so, so there's that aspect. Um, and but the, the one of them, I think one of the most important things for me that I like about it is the fact that it has a door uh, which I can close behind me when I don't <laughs> want to be in here anymore, right? And that's going back to what I was saying before about the separation between work and yeah. other life is that this is the room that I work in and then when I'm not working, I'm not in here. So uh, yes. that's a very deliberate act for me. What I was saying earlier about um, my wife working from home at this period and she's been doing the exact opposite the thing that you said where <laughs> she's been working at our dining room table um mm. and i've been trying to persuade her for the last few months to to use another part of our flat to to, to use that as her office space to have that mm. same separation um yeah. and not just because you know i want to be able to go into the living room or watch tv without disturbing her but but also <laughs> because i think it's healthy to separate those to, to those two things and i think she's finally going to do it now because there's no sign of her, her going back to work so hopefully that's going to happen yes. but yeah so it's yes. it, my 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 office is a, a place that i've put a lot of thought into uh the the type of room that it is yeah and i think i think that's actually very important to put thought into it and you know i mean i do have actually a little tiny commute because i do have the sheet garden office and so i can walk there and walk back out of it and that is my little psychological sort of cut off from from work yeah. um but yeah i also have a lovely space to work in i've got a big uh, computer monitor and a big window to look out onto as well mm. um yes. which is great and you know everything that i need around me so you know it's and it's so interesting what you say about giving it so much thought because i just don't find that so i you know at the start i think people were content to set up anywhere you know so mm yeah kitchen table um and so on but i still see people now working in very small rooms um you know very bad lighting or kind of sitting on a sofa and it's really important to think about your working environment because quite often it's a pretty quick fix you know it's something that you can actually do something about and it has such yeah. a big influence on being productive it really 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 does so you know if something needs fixing and you can do it do it now so if it's you know, just a better chair or better lighting or yeah. the equipment that you need, you know, getting that right, um, yeah. you know, if, if nothing else, just clear the clutter, you know, just, just get that space the way yeah. that you, the, the way that you want it. Um, yeah. um, one of the first things I said to my wife when, when she started working from home was I said, you need to, she's working on a laptop. I said, you need to buy a Bluetooth keyboard and mouse so that you can, you don't have to be sort of staring down at the laptop, that you yeah. can elevate the screen and use the, you use the Bluetooth keyboard. So you've got better posture, you know? And, uh, yes. and, and she was like, really? I said, yeah. And then she bought it and, and she said immediately, like she just felt more comfortable. Her back was, yes. you know, and so it's just those little things, yeah. you know, that can really yeah. make a difference. It, they really really do um and um it's interesting how you know 
I'll, I'll speak to people who've been working in kind of discomfort and it's partly because they believe that this is temporary uh, or they have believed mm. that it's you know very short term so they to, to change that is kind of you know, saying, okay, this is actually the way that I'm working now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. But actually, that's what, you know, that's what you need to do. And I think, um, you know, uh, for, for people who, who, are, who are working in a, in a very small space, that it's exactly, as you say, you still need to create a way of sending the signal to your brain that the working day is finished. So, you know, pack, packing everything up, clearing the area of your work things. Um, and, you know, all sorts of things so so you know if 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 you're on a screen all day long then it can be quite nice if you have a just an old-fashioned whiteboard for you know writing stuff down jotting stuff down um mm. just having something a bit more visual um so you know uh, one of the things I, I I love to have around me is just um, scent, you know, aromatherapy. So, you know, there are there are oils that are really good for focus and concentration that you can burn, and and again, signals to your brain this is a place of work. You know, it's a it, it's a different to where I normally am. If that scent mm. is in that place, or just even playing different music, um, you know. But you know, what I would say is that if you can afford the garden office if you can afford to you know create a room now that is just for work just just do it i think yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the best thing so how would you describe the difference between um being productive and being busy yeah i mean this is you know this is such an important dif- differentiation and um i think when we can get it right we should actually feel great i think one of the biggest um misconceptions about productivity is that you somehow need to be filling every single moment of the day with activity um and that's not what being productive is i mean you can be you know it's entirely possible to be busy and and to be you know doing lots of activities or tasks over the course of a day but you're not actually being productive so i kind of want to touch on four myths about productivity and busyness if that's okay yeah go for it yeah so i think so the first one you know it, it's very much about you know i have to maximize every moment of my day um you know complete as much as i can as fast as i can and actually you know research shows and there's plenty of studies about this there's actually only about three to four highly productive hours in us each day as in you know really productive and producing um, um, outputs so it's um, not so much about time but prioritizing what tasks are important and you know what times of the day are you most productive for different types of tasks Um, it's that kind of thing not I must be busy every you know every single moment of the day Mm -hmm. and I think the second is is related to the first one and that's about proof of work and I think you know um it we don't really bear in mind that actually thinking and mental planning is also part of productivity and creative process and um when you're in the workplace um you don't really think about am i at work because you are at work you know so you everyone can see you so you're technically working yeah. but when you're at home it's different you know um you know when you, when you're sat at your kitchen table and you feel like you're doing nothing you know you're you're but you're actually thinking perhaps um this can kind of induce 
feelings of like I should be doing something. Um, so I think what can help here is if you've got criteria for when something is complete, so a task or a chunk of work of, of a larger piece of work, knowing when that's complete. Um, and, and also the other thing about this as well is that you can sometimes finish early. You know, you've 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 done what needed to be done that day. Um, but instead of finishing, you just go and find something else to do. And that's just being busy. That's not being productive. So being productive is actually you get the work done that you wanted to, you finish early, and then you can go do something else. Um, so uh, and then the third one is about staying busy and um, wanting to, you know, say yes to everything and um, just wanting to show that they are using their time effectively so they want people to perceive that so that kind of translates into always being available um and you know I, I spoke to somebody last week who basically presses yes to every meeting that he's asked to come to <laughs> he just presses accept 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 oh boy. and then i know and then we did a we did a meeting detox and realized that actually you didn't need to be at half of them yeah. um but again, it's just, you know, wanting to show that you are working, that you're, you know, you're doing stuff. And, and you know, this is very common for people working from home to kind of think, right, I've got to sort of, you know, I can't not be online all the time. Um, and I think the fourth one is just about wanting to get everything done. And that's that's kind of managing work and household and other things that are going on around you if you're working from home. Um, and you kind of want to, you know, manage all of that perfectly. Um, but I think productive people actually don't get everything done. You know, they don't. They, they, they prioritise what they want to get done that week, that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and they make that manageable. So they make it actually you know, tasks that they can actually get done as opposed to having an endless kind of to-do list. Um, yeah. So, yeah, um, when we can get that distinction right, it's really, really good. <laughs> yes, I think so. So what are some good ways that will help us to uh, experience more productive days when we're working from home? Yeah, I mean, there's lots of things we can do. Um, I'm going to touch on three. I think the most important one is setting boundaries. And some of that's physical, which we've just been talking about, you know, your space. Um, And some of it's around how you manage distractions, um, you know, interruptions, stuff going on in the house. Um, So uh, boundaries can happen by just setting some structure, um, consistent schedule, minimising distractions, um, you know, making sure that other people in the in the home know that you are working at this time or that you are at a meeting at this time. So yeah. really kind of ring fencing your, your flow. Um, and actually what that means is don't have those impromptu chats and don't kind of quickly check social media every half hour, you know. <laughs> so that's the first thing, setting boundaries. Um and, and maybe part of that also is just thinking about how you're working. So maybe it's better for you to work two hours in the morning, have a break, and then do another two or three hours in the afternoon. Uh, I know that may, may sound shocking to some people when they hear that, but, you know, you can be really productive if you do that. Um, and, you know, sort of playing around with that that structure. Um, and I think if you do have a tendency to check social media uh, and kind of go off pissed, then you may want to download a kind, you know, internet blocking program or switch your device off or, you know, do something to control that distraction. Um, The second one is movement. It's really surprising how little people move when they're working from home because, you know, you've got, I mean, when you're in the office, you might be walking to get 
a cup of tea or to go to a meeting or, you know, all kinds of things. Um, and, and you may be commuting as well. Um, but at home, uh, really, it's about movement. Um, so it's not even about exercise. It's not even about, you know, um, making sure that you're exercising every day. It's actually about movement during the day. So every, you know, every hour and a half, every couple of hours, you should be getting up and moving around and stretching. Um, if you don't do that, you will have uh, aches and pains. doesn't matter how old you are. You'll have aches and pains if you just sit there for, you know, five hours without without moving. Yeah, so, definitely. yeah, I can yeah that's the that second one. <laughs> and then the third one, um, and again, connected with that, is just taking breaks. So, again, you know, people... I think people sometimes think taking a break means that you have to have a long break. I'm not quite sure why people think that, but... Mm. Um, it's, it can be very short, you know, so you can do a, a cycle of 90 minutes or a cycle of two hours and then um, stretch, go and have um, a cup of tea, a cup of coffee or water, whatever it is. Just take a five minute break, you know, put, mm. take your, your line of vision somewhere else, especially if you're looking at a screen all day. Go and look at something else, yeah. you know, come outside. One, one, th- <laughs> one thing I do working from home with this is I use my uh, sort of housework chores as a way of uh, uh, as a thing to do when I take a break you know so I'll oh. work for I'll work for you know an hour and a half and then I'll go okay in the morning and then I'll go right now I'll go and make the bed so I have to get up <laughs> go and stretch I listen to a podcast while I'm doing it you know and go and make the bed and potter around for a bit and then I come back and then I think oh, okay I need to do the washing up so then I'll go and, <laughs> you know and I use those as breaks where I can just switch off and work for a bit because uh, yeah. I have to do them anyway, so I yeah. use them as uh, as opportunities to just get up and move and leave the room yeah. and not think about work for a bit. Yeah, it's a good tip. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's also me. a break. Obviously, one of the side effects of this situation is that we're spending a lot of time on video calls. In fact, I will be spending nine hours today mm. in total on on video uh, calls and meetings Emma Sue if you can mm. believe that that's not that's not typical it's a busy day but uh, <laughs> yeah. so uh, so obviously I need some help with this uh, so can you give me some <laughs> suggestions for uh, what what makes better video calls yeah well I think I think the first thing is just to understand that you're actually having to work much harder on a video call um and even more so when you've got several people. So whether your calls are, I don't know if they're one-to-one or if they're with several people, but um, you have to work harder because you just don't have those um, non-verbal cues that we kind of depend on for communication so we're having to kind of our brains are just kind of like this is why we're so obsessed with people's zoom backgrounds because it's part of (laughs) trying to figure out this person you know Mm. so your brain is you know you're scanning um and 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 because most of the time you can't actually make that direct eye contact either um you're you're just having to work harder to connect with the person that you're that you're calling so that's it's important to understand that because that's that's also explains why we can feel really really tired um it won't just be from sitting for long periods it'll be because your you know your brain's just been working um working more i think if you've got uh, well first of all i would probably say that nine hours is not great um, no, i agree with you. Don't, I, I, I hope, don't worry this yeah. is this is the first hour emissary so don't worry you're getting the best of, <laughs> you're getting the best of me well i hope they're not back to back i mean do you take breaks in between 
Yes, yeah. So they're, yeah. they're, they're not, no, it's not back yeah. to back. There's no way I could do that. But but it, okay. it is um, sort of punctuated throughout the day. And like I said, it's not typical. It's just a, yeah. an unusual day So today. I think, you know, it, it is important to take regular breaks. So I do meet people who literally have the calls back to back. Like yeah. they no soon, you know, one o'clock to two o'clock, two o'clock to three o'clock, whatever it is. Mm. They don't have any kind of room in there at all. So, you know, do take breaks because you need to recognise that your brain's working hard. So do take breaks. And in that break, you know, take some deep breaths, go for a walk, just get away from the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're on the actual calls, what's important is to really cultivate being present in that moment. So again, you know, we it, dep- it depends whether we're facilitating a meeting, whether we're contributing or being part of a meeting whatever it is it's it's quite easy to still be distracted Mm. it's quite easy to um be sometimes to do something else whilst you're on that call um so Mm. it's just being aware of that and then being aware that also that people's attention spans are going to be shorter because of that as well so you know what what's the purpose of the meetings are they you know could they be shorter um could they be structured in a different way um so things like that. And so keep them simpler, shorter, more focused. Um, look at the camera. It's 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 unnatural because you, you what you do is you want to look at your screen because that's where the image of that person is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, you've got to train yourself to look at the camera. And if you can do that, then at least, you know, the other person... Um, feels that you're making eye contact with them so you're getting that connection so and that's vital that's so important for the other person that you're communicating with um so yeah uh, but, but i think the most important thing is to just take regular breaks in between yeah uh will do don't worry i will <laughs> uh so i know you're a big fan of um morning routines so can you say more about this in relation to working from home yeah i mean i think you know they're hugely effective and i think even more so when we have a lot of uncertainty around us because they just give you structure to the day and they minimise the kind of micro-stresses that can greet us from the moment we wake up. So this is probably, for me at the moment, one of the main reasons for having a really good morning routine is because I find otherwise you can get overwhelmed before the day's even begun. Um, so so it's making sure you start your day with some calm, so so not news, not emails, um, hydration, movement, nutrition, time for reflection or planning. Um, I just think many of us just rush headlong into the day as fast as we can, and then we wonder why we feel overwhelmed. So structure and routines are really important right now. And so can you give us some tips to end? Can you give us some tips of things we can be working on right now? Yes, yes. So um, I've got three tips. So um, the first one is to look around you. Um, So where you're working, you know, what's an easy fix that you could do right now? You know, right after you've listened to this podcast, what could it be? It could be tidying something up. It could be um, investing in new notebooks. It could be, you know, a new microphone if you need that to be online. Uh, It could be changing the position of where you sit, um, putting your desk near the window, which is always a good place to have your desk. Um, So just make a change in your immediate environment. That would be my first tip. Um, The second one is, is structure again. So find a way to plan your day, plan your week that makes sense for you. It's really highly individual. Um, So 
you know, I like writing by hand in a planner. I like writing a lot. So I just like to get it out of my head onto paper. But someone else might like something digital or somebody else might like a huge whiteboard, as I talked about before. So whatever it is, you know, find a way to structure your day. Um, you might need to experiment with a few ways of doing that. And then the third is to take action. So if you're feeling stuck um, on something, whether that's a project or a, a new thing you want to do or find out about or a new skill, you know, what's sm- one small action you can take today that will get you further towards it? Um, I've done a whole episode on procrastination, if you want to know more. But but the qu- quickest way to short circuit procrastination is to take some kind of action, no matter how small it is. So just find the smallest thing that you can do that will move you ahead and do it now. Some great advice there for everyone. I think a lot of us are going to find uh, this episode today uh, very useful, Emma Sue. So I think that brings us to the end of today's episode. Yes, it does. And I really hope our listeners have got some ideas for how they can continue to work from home successfully and uh, feel productive and and, and feel balanced. Um, It's been great to have you with us today. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, James. And see you next time. Thank you for listening to the 7 Skills for the Future podcast. There are all sorts of things you can do to boost each of the 7 skills. If you want more ideas, you can buy the book, 7 Skills for the Future. You can also go online to our website, Unimenta, and join as a member, and you'll be able to access more resources, ideas, and free downloads. If you have a question you want to ask on these podcasts, get in touch through Instagram at 7 Skills for the Future or on Twitter and Facebook at Unimenta. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. Music